All right. Welcome into the BFR podcast presented by Sports Mockery. My name is Dave. I am joined by my co-host, Vicky. And of course, we have Theo Ash on once again. Theo, man, first of all, thank you for hopping on. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm never Ooh, sure if I'm ever going to get invited back to a Bears podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I appreciate the hospitality. <laughs> yes. Honestly, I'm glad you said that because like, there's some people like, why are you having Theo on? Like, I actually, I enjoy your takes. I enjoy how you kind of... Um, your content in general. So obviously you're a Packers fan. You have some bias. We all do. But it's like at the end of the day, you're a brilliant mind. You're fun. Um, but we're excited to have you on, man. Um, first of all, you went to the Super Bowl radio row. Uh, we kind of want to start there before we kind of hop into Bears, you know, quarterback conversation. But how was that experience, man? I know it's your second time going, uh, but just tell us a little bit about it. It's cool. It's cool. It's super cool to get the opportunity to talk to players. And there's some stuff that I saw on film that I wanted to ask about and, and get it straight from the horse's mouth. So I always enjoy that. And then just seeing all the people, you know, from Twitter, whether you like them or not, all in <laughs> one big room together and everyone's cordial. And uh, it's, you know, you t <laughs> you talk to the people you like and kind of nod at the people that you don't. It's It's a very funny uh whole situation that you've got there like yeah um with everybody down there and, and i just like seeing the super bowl teams honestly like walking around seeing the roster and and trying to soak up you know what it, what it takes to win a super bowl and what it takes to get there and, and really how stacked you have to be um i think about you know this off season this was my second time going there and you know trying to visualize you know, what teams could be in the Super Bowl this offseason. It's like I think about the podiums and how at opening night there's like 15 of the star players or so around in a circle. And it's like those are all star players, man, that you need. So it's like who has the best 15 guys that I could imagine sitting at the podium, you know, um, and, and trying to put those lists together for for teams. Although my Super Bowl prediction this year was like Bengals-Eagles. So clearly I wasn't visualizing it. <laughs> strong enough um i mean i don't think uh, anybody expected the eagles to fall <laughs> off in the fashion that they did because they definitely have 15 dudes mm -hmm. so and yeah, they Burrow got injured so and, and so did dj reader and and so did jamar chase and so did yep. the for parts of it so <laughs> but still uh chiefs 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 niners was uh was not on my was not my prediction so gotta visualize better next time <laughs> I think it's always safe for next year. You could probably just, if you do Chiefs, you're probably going to be 50-50 right on that. So, Chiefs that Packers, man. <laughs> oh, please. But can I get a W in the chat, please? <laughs> like we just started. Right, we're going to have to cut. No, we can't no. even cut it. We're live. Um, <laughs> no one? No. Well, no um, that's, actually, that's, a, that's actually a good question. Do you How far uh, do you think the Packers are off from, like, how many guys do you think they have, right? Like, Honestly, I mean, five, I think six. about I think about how close they were to beating San Francisco, and I do think they would have had a shot versus the Lions, and they already beat the Chiefs in the regular season. I, I don't think they're that far off. I mean, all things considered, when you tack uh, when you stack the teams for like best futures, uh, the Packers did hit on their draft pick in Jordan Love, and um, their receiver room looks great and there's a lot of important players under contract. I think the change of defensive coordinator will be good. They, they need safeties. They don't have any safeties and they need more linebackers. So it, it, until they figure that position out, I, I don't think that they will be contending and it's a lot of work to be done um, in those two spots, but, and, and their cap situation isn't like super great. So it's not like they have like some clear path where it's like, Oh, just, 
sign this guy or or just draft this guy you're in the ideal position like the bears kind of are where they're at so there there's a huge gaping hole at in the secondary at safety but um i don't think they're too far off i guess it's just how good really can watson and dobbs be is one mm-hmm. of my big questions like dobbs is certainly nice but is he like are either of those guys a true number one or maybe wicks i don't know if or reed maybe they can make a huge step but someone in that receive this receiver room has to continue to grow into a a lead guy um a true number one i think so that needs to happen as well that that's how far off i think they are good thing is it's a really deep receiving class we're gonna get to the draft in a little bit but i honestly to kind of about that playoff run with jordan love i was very nervous as a Bears fan, I was like, if these guys get to the conference, you know, <laughs> title game, I was gonna, I, I, I was just nervous because you guys were super hot. You were Jordan Love was, I mean, I hate to say it, he was playing yeah. really good football, dude. It was, it was remarkable just from, I, I mean, I was making fun of him early on the season, felt really good about that, and I was like, oh shit, I hope nobody pulls this up. And I have a lot of, you know, some good Packers <laughs> friends, uh, and they were very kind to me, and they did not quote tweet me. I don't think, I don't think you did it, Theo, but none of them really came at me too much, and I um but anyways i was just very nervous I was like, there's so many other really- people on bears twitter to to quote tweet before you you're like a sure, hundredth yeah. on we the list <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, that's the goal there's like a whole there. there's like the cannon <laughs> fodder in front of you that is like super deep Thank taking you. the bullets but yeah i mean yeah. <laughs> i mean well, compared to i mean some of them compared to what i was tweeting is definitely yeah definitely different mine was just more i think the worst one i did was like how many interceptions do you have jordan love it was the dj Moore counting you know um, so that was like the worst one that I, I look back on, but no, man, Jordan loves very interesting. Uh, kind of before we touch, go to the bears, obviously bears podcast. Wh- you, where do you got, who are you wanting the the Packers to kind of draft in that first, in the first round this year? Like receiver. I think, or... I think DeGene, I think DeGene would be a good pick if I think he can move around. Um, okay. Tyler Newbin is a pretty good safety prospect that I like. He, he seems very Packersy. Um, from Minnesota, mm-hmm. I, I think that those are two guys that I would like. Um, I honestly haven't dove into the safety class too, too much. I watched Kitchens, yeah. who's a PFF guy, you know, when you get mm-hmm. on the simulator, which obviously everybody uses all the time, and so do I. When you get to the Packers pick, Kitchens is a lot of the times the top safety. I wasn't super moved by him at the Senior Bowl, so I don't really know. I guess I would say okay. Nubin or DeGene for, for a defensive back prospect, but – you know, it's not a great linebacker class, and there's not really any other position that I want super badly. So I guess it would depend on how the board fell. Um, but for them, the, from the defensive backs, Dejean okay. and Newbin, keeping it in the Big Ten, keeping it in the Midwest, uh, are two so, guys that I enjoy. Would you be interested in Eddie Jackson as he was <laughs> released? Like, I'm serious. Like, what? What do you? Th- what yeah, are your yeah. Thoughts on Eddie? <laughs> I mean. He was you, you may have- really good into 2018, right? That's famous. And then he had a bit of a resurgence, not this past season, but the season before. Mm-hmm. I, he had made some plays where I was like, man, we're really getting this Eddie Jackson back again. And then this past year, I guess I wasn't watching him super closely. He would be good to check out if you need a safety prospect. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's never been the most physical type at all. Yeah. <laughs> but the Packers are probably going to be running more one high. So if he can kind of have a designated role as a high safety i mean i guess it could be worse i mean we were running 
Ford and Savage and and Owens yeah. at the safety spots these last two years, and Eddie would probably just be about more of the same. So I don't know. I, I it wouldn't really move me one way or the other. I, they have to have safeties. So if they don't think they can get two in the draft, and the guy in free agency they get is is Eddie Jackson, I guess I would be like. Probably not a strength of the team still, but um, yeah. it is an it is an answer, I guess. Man, I got PTSD still from Amos going over there and then balling out and then <laughs> always having always His having first... some game ceiling game ceiling interception against us. I mean, yeah, Mitchell Trubisky. Fifty percent. One of the one of the greatest moments in my career as a Packer fan was Amos's pick, uh, week one after he left Chicago for Green Bay, because that was a big Twitter debate between Bears and Packers fans, was the ha, Amos Clinton versus Dix. Ha Clinton Dix year, mm-hmm. which, um, and then obviously <laughs> Amos was, pa- the Packers coming on top again, man. I, I, That's sorry, what happens, but, like, yeah, that was after 2018, right, or something like No, he, yeah, after 2018, yep. Yeah, see, yeah, that's yeah, why, yeah. I, if, yeah. if the Bears ever start winning, I just get too too cocky. I feel too good. Like, that 2018 <laughs> season, I was like, oh, yeah, we don't need Adrian Amos, you know? Like, Clinton Dix will do okay, you know, Khalil Mack and everybody will be – yeah, that was brutal. That was a tough – that was one of the worst – probably one of the worst losses. That, I mean, there's a lot of them, but that's probably up there. <laughs> that was – that one back. really stung after bad. all the hype all off season. Hundred th- like that. Dude, I'm, I'm not mistaken. I'm sure that that was sickening. Yeah, but most of them are most of them are. So, <laughs> no, absolutely. So uh, we had you on prior to week one. We all kind of know what happened. Mm-hmm. Jordan Love the Packers ran through the Bears at in or at Soldier Field after the entire season with Justin Fields. Theo, I want you to kind of give us obviously the Packers perspective, but also just as an analyst. That's, that's kind of what you do. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on Justin Fields? And is he salvageable? Not just in Chicago, because that ship may have sailed. We'll talk about that. But. Do you think there's a possibility that he can maybe um, still kind of have a resurgence in his career, maybe like a Geno Smith, if not better? The odds are really stacked against him in terms of historical examples, but I do think there is still a chance. I do think there is still a chance. I I think that the receiving core outside of DJ Moore um, is really quite bad. Uh, I, I think that Mooney was super inconsistent the two years, uh, the, these last two years, um, with the route running and really all aspects of playing receiver has been a little bit questionable. And then the interior offensive line play um, was really bad. And then the, the backs struggled blocking as well. Now that uh, David Montgomery was out of town. So against the blitz, there was all like against the Vikings. I remember like fields himself didn't play a great game, but it's like, man, they're, they're blitzing and the bears have no, like the backs don't know where to go. Like guys are getting killed. So Getsy is just calling screens because like, all aspects of the passing attack are failing. And I think about him even going to the Steelers, which is not even a, a great offense. And I think about like, are the receivers top to bottom better there? I don't know. DJ Moore is pretty good, but top to, and the Steelers certainly don't have any wide receiver three. So maybe that's kind of close, but I think the line from top to bottom and the the running game that they can lean on. And even Arthur Smith, as much as he struggled, it's like, that's probably a, a slightly better situation than what the bears even had. And that's not even like a great situation. So he is, he is fast. He is got the strong arm. He's got some accuracy. Like he did make some really unique plays that only a handful of guys can make towards the end. If I was a team like, like Pittsburgh um, and I was in the back half of the first round and 
I, I think Fields would be as intriguing of an option as a guy like JJ McCarthy or a guy like um, a guy like Penix or a guy like Nix, and you could probably get Fields for. I, I guess I don't know how much Fields' market value is. I, I would imagine yeah. it's probably like a second or third round pick, but I, maybe I'm totally off. I don't there, know. Vicky, you want to talk about it because it is kind yeah, of interesting. Yeah, there's been kind of reports all across. Like, I think the 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 ceiling is a late first is what people are saying, right? That's and the scenario. Right, right. And then I'd say, like, the floor is starting with the second, right? That'd probably be the case. Mm-hmm. Like it's similar to, like, fourth. Sam Darnold, Theo, if you remember that yeah. trade. Yeah. Second, fourth, um, and something. Second, fourth, mm-hmm. and seventh or something like that. Or, you know, so a combination of a second and a third day type pick, wherever that falls, obviously depends on what team and where they're at. So I don't, I don't expect us to be anywhere near the top half. Like if he does go to the Falcons, I don't think we're getting an eight or patch. uh, I mean, Patrick or the Patriots at three, unless we ship off our ninth. Right. And then also Mm -hmm. send another pick as well. So, you know, but I think we're getting at least, at least from Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport, they both said both of them. I know it's propaganda, but they said premium, premium pick. And at least, a second so i think that's at least the starting the starting point yeah i think that i mean getting it darnold i think he's shown more than darnold did i oh yeah i, I think so <laughs> i i would say that the darnold price point is probably about the same although the darnold trade didn't really work but um <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. that was a horrible trade i, I still I think that that's probably a I, I still think that that's probably i mean if that's what everybody's saying then who am i to disagree so yeah i i I don't hate that. I mean, I, I, was I wouldn't be shocked if I wouldn't be shocked if it was less though, you know, um, just maybe leverage and everything. And, and Justin is electric. He's a lot of hype, you know, around him. Not that he's, he's, it's the passing, you know, as far as that's, what's mm-hmm. the most concerning. So depending on like, if you're Atlanta um, or even uh, of course, Pittsburgh, like it depends how much you value him. And, and if you think you could really, f- you know, fix him with your coaching staff and everything like that. So, um, well, now, another great thing, uh, Sorry, Dave, is that no, you're good. You, know, why, you look at the Sam Darnold example, and I think uh, Ian mm-hmm. Rappaport talked about this, and you see how desperate people are for quarterbacks. We saw this year, there was a lot of injuries, so that probably plays into it, but there was so much bad quarterback play, and a lot of these teams are not in the position. Like, if you're not in probably top 12, maybe top 10, you're not most likely not getting one of the top three, top four, depending on where they fall, right? So you look at someone like Pittsburgh, they're all the way at 20, they're, they that they may be like, hey, look, we got an upgrade. This team obviously wins because under Mike Tomlin, they never go under 500. Their defense is mm-hmm. good. We just need to get someone who can actually move the ball, right? So maybe mm-hmm. someone like them sees that this is their only opportunity, and that's maybe where like a you know the desperation comes in. But I, I feel like for quarterbacks, we've seen it over you know the history of the NFL. There's been a lot of dumb decisions. I mean, I think about like us and Mike Glennon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, we've made yeah. so many, like they'll throw the bag to people. That's like, you should not be throwing the bag to, or we'll True. make trades for these people, <clears throat> Mitch Trubisky that you probably shouldn't make a trade for because you're so desperate to find mm-hmm. that answer. And so that's why I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if it's higher than what, than what it is. But again, like Dave said, it kind of depends on how people view him in his future. I will say though, at yeah. least he's, this is the first time where we've been in a situation where the quarterback is like, good enough to start you know what i mean like if you had to rank fields maybe this is a question for you theo I, like he's at least top 20 like maybe more back end of 20 but 25 ish right and so that that having that makes it a little bit more interesting because people are more enticed and he's young 
uh, and the legs mm-hmm. help, but that someone might take that risk to be like, okay, we can we can go a flyer on him to try to improve him compared to someone like Mitch, where by the end of Mitch's uh, tenure with us, it's like, yeah, no one no one sees Mitch Trubisky as a starting quarterback, and he wasn't after that. So, yeah, what's your he, thoughts? Though? Where do you works. where do you rank Fields if you had to kind of rank him against the uh, top thirty two quarterbacks in the league? Oh God, I mean. There's probably 15 guys that there's no way I would take him over. But then there's some guys like Tua Tungavailoa, <laughs> where I might say, okay. where I might say, like Fields has a little bit more ability than him if he can tap into it. And if there's a coach that could um, nurture him mm-hmm. like McDaniels did with Tua, like I, I don't know. I, I think there, there's definitely. But I don't know. I don't know if I would fully rank Tua um, below him yet. That that might be a bit too spicy even for me. But he is kind of in that range of like, there are some of these dudes who are kind of limited and I think propped up. And then there are these dudes who are very talented and kind of worn down or, or weighed down by their supporting talent. And I tr- try to decipher like how you rank that. I don't know. It's... It, it's it's tough to say. I, I think definitely in like the 15 to 25 range. I know that that's a big range. I, I haven't taken the uh, QB test in a while that pits them all against each other and then spits out a list on a bladen.com that we made if you ever want to take that people at home. But I, I'm going to like lightly yeah. say and like I would imagine like across the league, like the highest of the high people on him would probably say like he's 16th and then like maybe the lowest of the low, maybe they would say he's really low. Like someone who's really a hater would say mm-hmm. he could never start, but I would say I think, like 20, I think I was looking at a, a graph or something. A lot of people had him in that like 18 to 22 range. Mm-hmm. I think the highest was like 16th. Um, on, on, I forgot what graphic it was, but a lot of the, a lot of the thing is how dynamic he is of course, as a, just a, a rusher scrambler able mm-hmm. to kind of extend the plays, um, the passing, all those metrics are still kind of, not great you're not where you want him to be but at the same time you kind of talked about how the lack of receiving and the targets and everything like that but um before we move on to the you know caleb williams uh, jordan love i know he talked about the packers i get it but how surprised were you like honest honest to god of his ascension in in 2024 or 2023 i mean if you listen to this podcast week one of last year i was hyping up jordan love so i I really wasn't that surprised i thought he had a really Mm -hmm. high ceiling um i thought at the Eagles game. I know it was a small sample size, but I'm like, he's hitting some, some concepts that I like multiple in a row that I'll go seasons that I'll go games without seeing bad quarterbacks hit. And he hit like one, two, three. I was like, damn, like mm-hmm. it's, it's rare with the bad guys that yeah. you even see them sequence a couple of these together that you see them at all. And he's, he's like, he's doing it. And so I was like, okay, he's got all the athletic ability. He seems to be figuring things out in structure. And then it's like, you just ask the question. It's like, how good could he really be if he, if he hits? And the answer was really good. So I was kind of hoping like he would be really good. And I, I kind of thought at the beginning of the year, I lost a little bit of faith that he would reach it that season. Cause I was like, okay, this receiving mm-hmm. core is not good enough. This line is not good enough. But then when they started to lock in too, and the environment around him was like really clicking, it looked, I mean, I thought that Jordan Love and a LaFleur offense could be top tier, and they were. So it definitely it didn't surprise me considering how high I was on them before the season. 
but it did surprise me that they turned it around. I, I definitely wasn't expecting it after like the Vikings game early this year. So uh, I was, I, I wasn't that surprised, honestly. But um, and if you if people doubt me and think I'm just talking with hindsight, Google Theo Ash Jordan Love and you can see what I was saying. No, I remember. Yeah, we believe it. I do. Yeah. I, that's why I was a little shocked. Yeah, I remember when you said it, and I was like, "Really?" Because like, I'm really shocked. One thing I am surprised about. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dave. Is that just me, Theo? Can you hear me? I, I can hear you. Okay, Dave, you good? I think that was. All right, I have no you... idea, man. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I, I can gonna... hear you. Okay, that was a glitch in the matrix. But what I what I was gonna say is that Theo, I oh we lost Dave for our viewers. He'll be back. Um, he's probably so upset about Jordan Love being good. I don't blame him. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, because from our perspective, right? I like I was still surprised a little bit because all we saw last year was like, and these are just clips, right? But like we saw clips of him throwing inaccurately during practice and things mm -hmm. like that. You know, I think you remember the rollout one where he rolled out and tried to throw the ball into the the little uh, square uh, like net thing. I don't know yes, if you remember yes. that one. It was like horrible, right? So this is obviously- we're I think I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, eh, I don't know. And and then it seemed like, if I remember correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, Theo, but la last preseason, it seemed like from the beat writer's perspective, it was like, yeah, he doesn't really seem like that guy, right? Yeah, the, the, the news out of practice, practice was not- good like it seemed like they were losing like the offense was losing a lot of the reps to the defense and um I, re I remember all that reporting coming out but my my takeaway during that time and this was me kind of looking at it through rose-colored glasses was like shocking the youngest <laughs> offense in the league is like not winning training camp like that that was like they're so young and I don't know I was waiting to see what we saw in the preseason and everything we saw in the preseason was good like he didn't really they didn't take any negative plays when he was out there like he was leading touchdown drives in these preseason games so over the course of the offseason like the reporting was definitely like not good news and I wasn't like oh yeah it's all coming together but I was like all right it's they're, they're struggling a little bit and then in the preseason they were putting it together and I was like well then what's the I mean if they're putting it together in the preseason I don't really care what what's happening in the practice so that that's where my mind was at but then again like pretty early in the season like all the the issues with the communication and receivers not running the right route and and bad sacks was was all very apparent well here's a follow-up yeah. to that too uh so a big thing with the bears in the field situation right is that a lot of people say hey we didn't give this guy a chance right first year comes mm -hmm. in with a you know with a gm and head coach on the way out second year new gm comes in says hey this team that had some talent right yeah you're not getting any of that right stripped it all away uh so some people view it as like hey it's not a fair chance and the new then we hire a defensive head coach so then you're like okay you don't have a new offensive mind coming in maybe you know building with the quarterback then you kind of see the opposite with jordan love right gets drafted mm -hmm sits behind one of the greatest quarterbacks all time for four years, right? Which that yeah. quarterback did with Brett Favre, right? So rinse and repeat. Um, and then you bring in a great offensive mind, Matt LaFleur. So now you have like a better, I would say, you know, maybe not the pieces skill wise, but at least you have like quarterback 
and head coach alignment and then also the mentorship that you get from a, a great quarterback. So my question for you is, if Jordan Love were to get dropped into a different team situation, right? Let's just say the Bears, for example, because we obviously can't do yeah, it, yeah. right? Do you think if he sat for four years behind whoever we had, would you think he would be – obviously he wouldn't be the same no. level, but would he be good enough to start and play how maybe – to a level degree where you're like, oh, this guy's got some potential. Like, how? I mean, I think you could. I, it's it's very important, and I think you know part of the reason that I'm critical of um, the Bears' front office is like they they didn't create the opportunity for Fields to thrive, and even now it's like I, I think that they can move on from Everflus. You know, I I I think that the Packers did do a really perfect job getting on the Shanahan tree early, getting one of the top guys um, instead of going in any different direction. They, they identified receiver talent really well and all of those, and they develop linemen like their alignment factory and their coaching staff has always been good there. And, and they promoted from inside the building uh, when Ted Thompson retired the old GM and they, they brought a pro to Jay up instead of bringing someone in from a different building. So they were able to, keep the formula that they used to develop Rogers, like someone who was there for that, someone who knew that culture, like was all there. And the Packers, I think are, are super smart for all that. And then and it's not even just the bears, like every other franchise, like no one does what the Packers do. Like they're, they're just, the Patriots couldn't do it. The Steelers are a historic franchise. They can follow up a big Ben. So the Packers are Jordan love is extremely lucky to get or drafted by that organization. And if he got drafted by any other group, like there's certainly no, like no guarantee that he ends up a success story because he dropped to 26 and there were real flaws with his last season at Utah state. And um, yeah, I, I think that it's, it's quarterbacks do need. Um, I think quarterbacks can get to the point where they just carry whoever, but where you are drafted definitely affects if you can ever reach that point and then once you do i think you can kind of just start to swap things in and out and and still stay the same in terms of like how good your offense is but yeah not before not before interesting um so before uh we move on to caleb williams i want to kind of talk about just fields one last time so as far as you know if he is not in chicago next year where would you what is the best landing spot in your opinion um, whether it be Atlanta, I know you talked about Pittsburgh earlier, but where would you want to see him? If you could play GM here, this is where I think he'll thrive. Where, where do you think, where, where do you want him to go, Theo? Uh, Minnesota would be uh, very dangerous. I could, I could see that. I mean, they've got the line provided that they signed <laughs> yeah, some guys no. <laughs> and obviously the weapons, but I don't think Chicago would ever trade him to the, the division. Oh, we got a list yeah. up here. I don't think the Seahawks you. will do it. I don't think the Seahawks would do it because of Gino. Okay, I don't think the Raiders would, would do it because they have Getze. And I feel like Correct. if Getze is there, like I feel like part of the reason Getze called so many screens is because he didn't really fully trust Justin Fields. So even if he talks nice about Fields in the media, I don't think he would actually want to work with him again, considering it got him fired <laughs> you know, the last time. So I don't think that would work. New England... Uh -huh. He would just have no weapons again. I, I may, but then I guess they could spend that number three pick on a weapon, um, which Harrison wouldn't be a terrible like idea because I do think if they took a guy like Jaden um, or even Caleb or Mayo, quite honestly, 
Like they would probably end up in the same situation as the Bears, where they just don't have the supporting cast to to support a young quarterback. Like they've got nothing in in New England that I would be excited about. So maybe uh, taking a weapon and then dra- uh, taking Fields could be a good option for them. And then if it sucks, they'll be in an opportunity to to draft a quarterback in the future again, um, while building the rest of the weapons and maybe getting a cornerstone. So I I, I like that as a fit. Um, the Falcons as well, they, they've got the weapons, they've got the r- tools to have a good running game that he could lean on. Um, well, well, we see if he has better potential as a, as a passer and then the Steelers, which I already talked about the strong running game as well. Um, uh, some decent weapons. I think of all of these teams, the one that excites me probably the most is the Falcons. I, I like Raheem Morris and what he he's going to do on the defensive side of the ball they made some big improvements on defense last year i think they're trending in the right direction after being bad for so long they've got like a pretty surprising stable of weapons for a team that you know is so bad on offense but then you look and it's like oh man Bijan, drake london kyle pitts who i still have hope for you know not a horrible offensive line um i i, th- I think the falcons would probably excite me the most and and i feel like that's the team i most commonly see him linked to well, it, if you talk about NFL scripts, right, and being rigged, this is the perfect NFL story. I mean, he's from Atlanta, and he gets to come back home and play with weapons and things like that. And then also, mm-hmm. I mean, he we played the Falcons this year, and that was one of Fields' best Ooh. games. He torched them, torched yeah, them yeah. up. So it's almost like before the game, me and Dave on our pregame were like, "Yo, this is a we think Fields is going to ball out because this is like." His he's basically a resume it's game, like audition. hey, yeah, yeah, audition, yeah. Look, look what I can do, and sure enough, he went mm-hmm. out there and won it and did it in a very efficient way. So I'm hoping, right, if there is a trade, they are like, wow, th- like we got to go get him. You know, they're more in that desperate sp- spot. But the only problem is, you know, at the eighth pick, you do you do have the assets to move. It's not like you have to move that far up to get QB three. Mm-hmm right it's still gonna cost oh it's gonna cost a shit ton yeah but you're you're at eight and not like Mm -hmm. the Pittsburgh Steelers were at 20 right think about what we had to get up to get fields from 20 to 11 we had to give up one first and I think some other picks but that was just a first to move up nine from 20 to 11 we didn't even crack top 10 so go from eight to three would be my guess because Washington most likely is going to pick you know whoever QB2 is on the board They'll, they'll mm-hmm. probably have to give up a, a more for that than what they would for Fields. So maybe they think that's the better route. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I want to play this clip real quick with uh, Justin. He was on the St. Browns Brothers podcast, Theo. And this is – they asked him. They asked mm-hmm. him about Atlanta, of course. And and this is his response, um, which You're I thought was Georgia, interesting. Right? Yeah, I'm from Georgia. What do you think about Atlanta? Like You like, you like Atlanta? Atlanta would be tough. The only con of going back home is just people hit my phone crazy. Yeah, you know, wanting tickets to the game. But I mean, yeah. I think, I think they got a lot of play playmakers on the team, and um, of course, Bijan. They got my boy Kyle, and then of course Drake too. Um, they probably need one more receiver, but um, they definitely got some guys over there, and their defense was good this year too. Yeah, they so. defense last year. Yeah. They yeah. Anyways, though. It- I, I think it makes the most sense. Um, what do you thought? What do you think about that? You think they're a receiver away though, and obviously maybe a quarterback. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they they yeah. they traded for Van Jefferson in the middle of the year, and he got some serious minutes. They they definitely need a second wide receiver out wide. Uh, they got my boy from ASU, Frank Darby, uh, maybe still in the building. Yeah, let's bring him back. Shameless plug of it. 
Sun Devil. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think that Atlanta's a, a a good destination. I think, um, yeah, that is my favorite, and and I really think that he will be traded. I really, really would almost guarantee it. when. When you have, a, you have a prediction? Are you thinking after the combine? Before? Yeah, probably after the combine. Draft day. I don't. I don't. I guess I don't know how these things work. I, I don't know. But if they don't mm-hmm. pay, if they don't trade him, what is preventing Fields from immediately holding out and demanding fifty million dollars? That's the question I always come back to. Yeah. Because you can't. You can't pass on Caleb and May and then not pay Fields. And that's where I think all the Bears fans who are in the comments, and I, I see them, and I, on Twitter I see them, <laughs> where they're like, oh, keep fields, keep fields, keep fields. And I know a lot of those same people will aren't considering, like, are you prepared? Like, you think that fields is better than Caleb. You're not sold on drafting a new quarterback. You're not sold on May. That's fine. But are you sold on paying fields? Like, Because that's the commitment you're probably going to have to make if you, mm-hmm. if you pass on these guys. It's not, it's not like the Stroud year where you pass on Stroud and Young and it's just fields for cheap for another season. Like if you pass on on these guys, like that contract starts to get up and he has so much leverage. So he is going to get extremely, extremely, yeah. like if he want, I would hold out if I was him. I mean, there's just no way they couldn't pay him. They, I mean, they would have to. So man, if, if, you're, if you're good with fields, passing on Caleb and paying him, like, you're a bigger fields that believer than me. And I guess that's fine. But man, that's, that's the other thing that I think you really got to reckon with. Yeah. And it's why I ultimately think the decision will be pretty easy for Ryan Poles to, to trade him. And it just depends on getting the best offer. There was, um, it, it's interesting. Cause I am like, I would say I'm a believer in Justin just cause I feel like if you can get a haul, like maybe a haul 2.0 is what kind of everyone's calling it in regards to for Caleb or Drake, whoever, uh, maybe wash, whoever's trading up for that number one pick. You could maybe get away with building around fields, but you talked about maybe having to pay Justin. There is a possibility where you could, you know, I think he's making five million next year, um, and then he has the um, the they could go ahead and what is it the fifth year option, which is still around twenty million. Option. But there, there is yeah. a possibility if the Bears do pass on the quarterback, Justin could very well be like, hey, I need a new deal. Like I know you passed, right, right. Me, but like it you is give possible. him so much leverage where it's like, why would he just? sit there and what take he, those little deals like he would probably he, really start to put pressure on yeah. if he if he knows how to negotiate well, and his right? agent is really aggressive not aggressive yeah, yeah he's kind of well it's kind of aggressive but it, first david mogetta yeah he gets his yeah, money for his guys. His agent. yeah yeah i mean so, that's an agent i mean i if 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 i mean i i do not have the dog in me to be an agent but the obvious move in my opinion if if they pass on a quarterback and keep fields is to immediately demand your money if you're fields. Right. But first. maybe, maybe like, I guess I don't know that that would happen, but I, I think, would say that that is a natural, it's, it's like trading for Montez sweat, right? It's like, you, they're not going right. to trade a second yeah, for him and then, and then let him go. So it's like, he can demand right. top dollar and he got top dollar. Right. And that's what they were prepared to do. And, and that's what he got. And he's, he's been productive. So like, well, maybe paying top dollars all right if he's an elite quarterback, but you're gonna have to like. There's just absolutely no way you get any kind of bargain for deals if you no. do that. So no, you're. I was you're, working you're on a commitment either way. Either way you go, you're making a commitment, right? So you're gonna have to pay mm-hmm. him if you decide yeah. to keep Fields. And I think Spotrac had his projected salary, his next one to be six years, two hundred thirty-eight million. So, damn. 
Yeah, I saw but that today. I, I was like, Daniel, oh wow, I mean, just... Daniel Jones got a hell of a hell of a deal for proving about as much, you know. I right, and he's better than Danielle. So I would I'm sure his agents come and like, bro, you see this? Yeah, well, it's the quarterback market. So you have to really, really, really be sure if you're going that way because there's so much money tied to it. While on the other side with Caleb, you get at least three to four years to be like, ah, we, we'll find yeah. out. You know what I mean? So that's, it's, it's gonna be tough. So I was looking at the numbers real quick. So according to Spotrack, it's Justin would make three point two million guaranteed next year in twenty twenty four. Then the fifth year option would surround twenty two million is what it's projected at. But this is what's crazy. Um, they said first of all, it's not a, the the agent will probably have try to make get an immediate extension done. But his projected extension would be around six years, two hundred eighty three million. Oh, I had the numbers backwards. I said 238. 283 is what it is. Even 283. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, that, that's but, a shit ton of money. Yeah. It is. At the end of the day. It is. Uh, so that, that's, that's another what thing you're that good. Yeah. And then so you got much. Caleb Williams on a rookie deal. So speaking yep. of Caleb Williams, I, I saw you kind of you, – you already posted a little highlight here with Caleb. I want to jump right into it. First of all, Theo, if the Bears draft Caleb Williams, as a Packers fan – how are you feeling about that? Scared. Scared. I'm feeling scared. Caleb is really good. And Caleb is dealing with a very similar situation at USC that Fields was dealing with at, at Chicago. And I know USC is a top-tier school and whatnot and, you know, has this huge reputation. It was ranked. But, man, their line was leaky AF. I mean, they were – they were he was under constant pressure. Go watch Latu against – who I'm sure is a projected pick maybe at number nine. Like, if you want to go watch Latu highlights, watch his game against USC because he is filleting those guys alive. And I was posting clips from the Oregon game, which I was, you know, watching a little Caleb before getting on this podcast, you know, brushing up on my on my, on my my film study, right? Oregon killed their front. Like, he's running for his life back there, and it's not because, you know, there's, you know, all the time in the world and he's, you know, just running for no reason. It's like the line is legitimately bad. Cliff Kingsbury is like not a super talented offensive coordinator, in my opinion. Like he kind of gives these guys the green light to run around and his offense is a lot of like hitches and goes and whatnot. Yeah. That one he probably could have hit. <laughs> that one he probably could have hit the crosser, honestly. This one I just thought was funny because he hit the hook <laughs> shot um, check down. Towards yeah. The end. But even here, I don't know what he's doing. Like they – there's the wind back that he takes in the middle because there's a there's a wide receiver at the line of scrimmage um, that's just standing there and he looks like it's a sprint out designed to maybe throw all the way across his body out into the flat on the other side. It's just the kind of shit that you get in the USC offense. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was like ignore what's going down the field and like throw it to the sideline and then he doesn't. But yeah, that one, that one, the crosser probably could get hit as well. But he cooks in this Oregon, like, believe me, he cooks in this Oregon game and he hits some stuff in structure yeah. here too. I know that that crosser probably was open and, and didn't get hit maybe, but I mean, he stands in the pocket and gets to the back pump fakes front side, gets to the backside, come back. Um, there's a third and pretty long where he hits the top of his drop and gets a comeback out on time. Um, but the main thing is like this offense is, is designed to be chaotic. This offense is not crazy talented with a wide receiver prospect or anything like that, or an offensive line prospect. And the defense allowed like 50 a game. <laughs> so it crazy. really was not ideal. It like, we'd never really got to see Caleb like play a normal game. And 
he definitely like runs around and you could say like, oh, if he, he could have stood there and hit this thing in structure and there mm -hmm. are guys who will do that. But I, I would ask this, like, if you were to critique Patrick Mahomes, what would you say? And it would be like, well, he, who, who is less likely to, or who is more likely to stay in structure and not miss a read? It's probably like Kirk Cousins over Patrick Mahomes. Like he might start to scramble and miss a read that was open, but he's so good out of structure and he's so accurate from any platform and he's so athletic that it's a good play for them when he runs it around. Like that's a positive output for the, for the offense on average. So it's okay when he does it. And I think Caleb is the type of athlete and he's got the wild, wild, wild accuracy from, from all kinds of arm angles and platforms um, that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not okay to miss reads if it ends in something bad, but like if he misses a read and it ends in something like awesome, then I'm like, there's guys stylistically around the league who will do that. And they're like two of the best in the league, um, Josh Allen yeah. and Patrick Mahomes. And I, I do think that Caleb Williams is, is that type of athlete. I think he's as quick, as elusive, as agile as any, as any quarterback in the league. He, I, in that Oregon game, he, del he rolls out, right. Delivers a pass like fully on the run, like 50 yards in the air accurately, like really gunning it out, special arm talent, like special runner, and I, I do think the game just moves really slowly for him. He deals with pressure and it, it doesn't really bother him. He gets his eyes back up and is able to hit throws. I mean, everything that could be hit on a football field, like Caleb Williams can do it. When I watch his film, I would say like nothing would surprise me in terms of what he could pull out of his bag. And when I think about guys like that on the NFL level, I think Lamar, I think Josh Allen, I think Mahomes. And, and I think those are guys who can really carry a roster. And I think that, if you draft Caleb at one and then like, man, if you could get Rome or Bowers at like nine mm. and, it, or even like a Jackson powers Johnson. Cause I know the bears need a center really badly. Um, like did. even, even <laughs> someone like that. And like, you bring in some, you're not, you're not advocating for us to take him at nine, at nine, though, no, take, yo, nine would be pretty look if, if, <laughs> pretty if yeah, they yeah. took him over like Rome or whatever at, at nine, but, I don't know. Maybe yeah. he's better than the edge prospects. He's a pretty good center prospect. I don't know. Nine, yeah. nine would be the very, very top of his range. But if like all but the weapons say you, were gone for whatever reason, trade. but I'd rather trade back and take him. I'd rather mm -hmm. do that. Uh, another say you thing get I'd like that to do first from from Pitt. You know, like a twenty that's, or something. Was it twenty, yeah. twenty-two, or something mm -hmm. like that? Not. It's it's rare. It's it's probably not going to happen. But if it did, I mean, it'd be best case scenario, and you could probably be in that range for um, Jackson. Um, Powers Johnson, yeah, yeah. So. If that, that could be a good move. I mean, if you want to haul in the trade back, I know Bear, that worked out great for the Bears last year. They got a bunch of great players. It's an idea that's, I'm sure, super enticing after you see the <laughs> results from last year. So you could get Caleb and get a trade back and get a center if you're Ryan Poles. And that, like, that sounds pretty good to me, you know? And, or you could trade back from one to two. Washington takes Caleb, and then I think Drake May is pretty good as well, and maybe you could get something. I don't know. It depends on how their quarterback board is. How is close back, is but. Drake to Caleb? I, I really like Drake. I think that Drake yeah. has got some Josh Allen particles as well. I, I watch him, and, and he's great out of structure as well. I mean, he'll be on the run and absolutely bomb it. He will step up in the pocket and I think scan a bit more than Caleb will. So he's a bit more of a pro projection than in, in that huh. sense. So his his arm is crazy his release is a bit long that's that's probably my one nit to pick but i love the way he slides around the pocket um i love the way that he can create with his legs and and break tackles and 
do all the things the the top top MVP candidate quarterbacks can do while also showing a a lot of resolve in the pocket I think and um yeah good accuracy as well in my opinion so I, I think they're both franchise quarterbacks uh Caleb is my my preference though I think he's a bit more unique and um just a bit more mm-hmm. of a game of a talent that unlocks your offense in a way that you could do things that like maybe no one else is doing but I guess I don't know well, that's a great uh, leads me to a great question here. So we've heard and this maybe this this term gets thrown around a, a lot. Right. Me and Dave try not mm-hmm. to use it, but the term gen- generational. Right. So we're seeing a lot of people who XGMs, people who've been in front offices kind of like stack rank Caleb as a prospect. Right. Not what he's going to be, but as a prospect coming out versus people like, you know, people that have been like projected number one for like two plus years trevor lawrence peyton manning andrew luck along those and there's been some all right don't come at me bears twitter but there's been some that have put caleb at the very top maybe second mm-hmm. i've seen more of it did higher it, right? up yep yeah for sure for the it was the ex vikings uh gm i think mm-hmm. right rick spielman so the, but i've seen a couple of them where it's like they have them like super super high even i think i saw one this week from uh joel clatt who you know knows college football like the back of his hand and he was putting him like number one compared to you know like some of those top ones so my question is for you Damn, yeah. if you're looking at those let's just use peyton manning andrew luck uh trevor lawrence and we'll go caleb williams where would you put him as a prospect versus those and peyton manning might be a little tough because that was so long ago right 1999 but yeah like, i mean all of these really are a bit, i was like 11 when luck came out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah we're pretty young but i wasn't i was yeah. scouting like that i don't know no, I, I guess fair. i don't know I'd love to, in fact it's it's a question that i should look into because it would be a good one to answer it was like among amongst modern prospects where does he rank I, I think he ranks somewhat close to lawrence i i really do i think lawrence had a bit of a down year after winning the the national title so young um he mm-hmm. definitely started to dip a little bit in production and he was still an amazing prospect. Like his pocket presence, he had the arm talent, like he got through reads. He was just, you know, one that from the day he got to campus, like he was a great prospect, but that's kind of true for Caleb as well. Like as soon as he got to Oklahoma, literally his first game was versus Texas. They bring him in in the mm-hmm. second quarter. He engineers like the greatest comeback in that school's history, like immediately. And people talk about breakout age, right? For wide receivers, like the younger you break out, if you prove you're special, like immediately, you probably are special. Like Jamar Chase was what, 19 years old when he dominated the USC for Caleb to come in and just like one of the greatest wins in Oklahoma history just happened as soon as you inserted him into the game and he was making all these crazy plays, right? That's, I mean, they didn't win the national title, but he had that instant success. And then he went to USC and it was as advertised, like he won the Heisman. And even this year, like the team starts to fall apart a little bit. Jordan Addison leaves and they, they, average like 40 points a game. I would say he's not quite as much of a clear projection because he's holds the ball for such a like uniquely long amount of time. And the offense is like, so just guys running around that it is a bit tough to project that to an NFL scheme. But if I was Caleb, I'd be dying to get out of that offense and like into an (laughs) NFL scheme. Like I wouldn't want to be running around. I'd want it to be easier for me. So I do think that he will translate. And and for me, like, yeah, I do think that he's up there with Lawrence. And I I guess I would go as far to say as he's the best prospect that I've scouted at quarterback. Um, but I really only started 
looking at this kind of stuff when when Lawrence with Lawrence's class, like the Zach Wilson class. Um, so I'm not really very well seasoned. And even then, I feel like my process has gotten a lot better since then. So really, it's just the best of the past three years is about where I'm comfortable like projecting as an analyst. But he's he's pretty yeah. dope. I mean, I, I think Caleb is um, I really I, I even if he goes to the Bears, like I do really want him to work out because like, man, it's, he is a he is a fun player to watch on film. Like like mm-hmm. I said, there's stuff I've Are never you, seen before. I want to kind of get your take on some of the – I don't even want to call them red flags, but you've heard the criticism um, that some people are kind of, it's like mm-hmm. when, when it comes to like keeping Justin, which again, I, I do like Justin. I would not be upset if they, if they kept him. Um, and then I also would not be upset if they went Caleb Williams, like I would be excited. And so for me, there are some red flags um, with uh, in regards to some, some of the, um, they're like kind of catching the headlines here. So first of mm-hmm. all, are there any, I'm not going to say, but what kind of catches your eye that you'd be like worried about in regards to Caleb, you know, going to the next level, maybe a big market like Chicago? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, there is a chance that he drops back to pass and just runs around and takes a lot of sacks. And, and there is that reality. I mean, Mm -hmm. the things I'm talking about, I'm, I'm making excuses, right? Like, I don't think the scheme was great. I don't think the line was great. I don't think the receivers are great. Maybe I'm making too many. Some would say that I am, and I'm sure that like, that's a valid way to look at it. So I'm, I'm not going to completely say it's impossible that Caleb comes in and he's, he is running around too much and he's taking bad sacks and he's not reading the field well. And it, he just never quite gets the, the sense of it that, that Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen has when he gets to the next level. I, I mean, there's, there's plenty of reps on tape where it's like, man, you really should have thrown that one. So Mm -hmm. I I do think that that is a a legitimate thing that has to be pointed out with him is like, it, it is there. There is a lot of stuff that you just would throw out and say, this doesn't translate in this game. And you're almost kind of projecting the athlete more than anything else and like the the glimpses of stuff under pressure and in a structure that you see from from time to time and then there's the character stuff right where he's he had the teammates say like we're we're a team now he had the the crying in the stands incident um i don't know i i I guess i don't know because i don't know him um i think that the where a team now thing is was a little weird to say just because they averaged like 50 points a game with Caleb at the helm. <laughs> so it's like, if it was just that one player that was carrying the the team, um, he did a pretty good job. I would say like, I don't know. I, they should be a team now. You know, I, I, the way they were doing it when it was all on Caleb's shoulders, like wasn't good, but I, I don't know if that's Caleb's fault as much as it is like Kingsbury's for letting it get that way. And keeping Alex Grinch around and like making it so Caleb has to like put up Heisman numbers to win any games. Um, so I'm not like, I, I guess I don't know how his teammates all feel about him. I, if his, if none of his teammates like him, then I would certainly be con- concerned. But I, I don't know if that's true. Um, I think the locker room would would get used to it. I know that guys love Fields and DJ Moore is vocally supported Fields and all that. But it's not, I don't think. I really don't think if they traded fields like DJ Moore would quit the team. I just, no. <laughs> I don't think that like, I, I think that he would like fields to say, I'm sure that fields is like a yeah. cool dude. Who's a friend of his probably, but it is a business. And when guys move on, guys move on. So I'm not really concerned about that uh, and how the bears locker room would just respond. Unless of course, like Caleb is actually some, you know, entitled bad dude, which again, I don't know the guy. Mm-hmm. I, 
I don't really get the sense that he is. There's the there's the report that he he wants ownership in the team, but it's like I've that's never really dad. seen that. Like that's his dad, and I think about all yeah. the things like Lavar Ball wanted for his sons, and it's right. like none of that actually. Like they were all good basketball players, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not right. like they. Maybe Lamelo's have been in, a, <laughs> but that's like a conversation for another time. Uh, Lonzo, we'll bring that on. Lonzo was a was a cool dude, and like he didn't demand yeah. anything that like his dad probably said that he would. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, there's like the you wear you wore that like robe, that like orange shawl, and paints his nails. Okay. But again, it's like maybe that would be a problem if he played in like 2000. But it's like he's going to be playing in you know, 2030. And I think that's just kind of going to kind of be the, the, I mean, kind of just be this day and age too. norm, right? Yeah. Like, who, yeah. I don't I mean, know. He's born Young, in 2004, I think. So he's just, a, yeah. it's just a different generation. Like I'm, I, I, I think you're right, Theo. And in regards to like his character and everything, there's a really good podcast. It was Hogan Johns. It's a bears podcast. They had a mm-hmm. USC writer on who knows the team knows Caleb very well has been there. I forgot his name. It's slipping me, but like he kind of debunked everything. Like obviously Caleb, not speaking to the media um, after some games, it, that's kind of tough. Like that may not fly over in Chicago, um, but sometimes, um, but the other things like as far as teammates, they love him. You know, he's ultra competitive, which is, you know, fine. Um, that's what you kind of want. And so he does take a lot of it to heart. I mean, when you're dropping 43 points and you're still losing games, you know, it, it takes a lot out of you. So um, for me, I think some of the, I think the tape maybe holding the ball in regards to like Justin, that that's a little worrisome just because like there is similarities there. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you see um, before we kind of let you go here, like as far as his, his arm talent, you talked about that earlier. Do you, would you classify him having like a big arm in regards to maybe like a Josh Allen? Um, it's maybe not big. Josh, but it's pretty big. It's, it's, yeah. it's, he can access pretty special throws again on the, I, I talked about this with JJ McCarthy um, who has a lot of velocity, but I love his release, right? It's, he gets his hips around like really snappy, not a lot of wasted motion. And he's creates so much torque in his upper body that when he steps into it and whips that thing, like it is absolutely flying out of his hands. But the thing with McCarthy that I'm noticing is like, when he doesn't get that full platform to release the ball and and get, create that whip like motion, maybe you know he just evaded pressure and has to like throw it real quick. It's it's not as special as some of the top top guys, and that's when you start to see balls die. With Caleb, he can be throwing off of his back foot, and the ball is still flying out of his hands. Like I said, mm-hmm. and I think I posted the clip. Uh, if you guys want to check out my Twitter and go see it, he's he's rolling out to his right. There's like a post. 50 yards downfield and and he hits it and that again i'm, I'm talking about this oregon game because i just watched it uh he hits a really accurate go ball up the sideline that's super far down the field and he kind of fades away um he's got that ability to against the blitz backpedal and and throw um which is something jordan love does a lot like they'll, they'll send pressure at him and the way he buys time and lets routes develop is he can just run backwards instead of like getting the ball out fast he has the arm talent where he can kind of hold it in those situations, create space for himself, almost like a step back in basketball yeah. and has the arm strength to hit stuff down the field. And, and Caleb has that kind of arm strength. So I, I think it's a pretty great arm, honestly. I, mm-hmm. Maybe it's not – Allen is just so special that maybe it's not that, but it, he, he would be a high-level NFL athlete, I, I think. Interesting. I, awesome. I, I have a question then. Uh, one last one here. 
because I've seen a lot in the comments and I keep just talking about like, we're the Chicago bears, right? You just talked about you're the green Bay Packers. You guys just luck, right? You mentioned the word luck. You just get a quarterback in here. You can sit them behind a great quarterback, spit it out. You've got another great quarterback, right? So deep down, right? Do you feel that the Chicago bears are in a position to where Caleb Williams can come here and actually thrive? It doesn't mean that he's going to be the greatest quarterback of all time or things like that, but Mm -hmm. it's, with us, we have never, I don't know if you know, we've never had a good quarterback over here, Theo. Never had a quarterback <laughs> hey, over 4,000 yards, right? So <laughs> so my question is, like, if we draft Caleb with the team we have now, it may not be perfect, maybe there's another head coach down the road, whatever. But, like, can he thrive in this environment to where he can be a franchise quarterback? So when it's three years down the road, we're not having the same fucking conversation again yeah, yeah. about, hey, Theo, who, who, how you feeling about playing I mean, A, B, or C? You know what I mean? If you think the Bears are cursed enough that they just can't produce one, they should just fold as a franchise, man. <laughs> like, if it's like it cannot it cannot physically happen, like, you might as well pack it up and 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 spend the money on the community. But I, I, I think that the Bears are in a position where they can support Caleb Williams. They are on the upswing. The trade last year did net two very good players and maybe more. I guess I don't know all the details and maybe second round or second day players they got. But uh, more and and Darnell Wright, like obviously those two hit. I, I like their left tackle. Tyreek well. Stevenson. Tyreek Stevenson yeah. hit. The, the defense is looking um, a lot better mm-hmm. and obviously put it together towards the end of the year. Like it shouldn't be that hard. And like if they can get a center and like just a second good wide receiver, which again they they have the opportunity to get that like like forty five minutes later in the day after they take this quarterback number one, right? Like you could potentially go get him that second weapon. I I, I love a Dunze, by the way. Like a Dunze to me is like is is Keenan Allen a little bit more of speed. I think he would complement DJ more so well. Neighbors reminds me of DJ Moore, and I guess two DJs wouldn't be bad at all. And then Bowers is is his own animal, and I think you could just throw him at wide receiver, honestly, and play him and and commit kind of like the Bills did with Kincaid. And uh, but mm-hmm. but I think sure. Bowers is a lot better of a prospect than even Kincaid was. So I, I think all of those weapons, like you, you'd be pretty good. I, I think like. I, I don't see I why not. So. I hope you're like, <laughs> I would hope so. Otherwise, if I'm very Caleb is, on Caleb and here's the thing, if like the Bears do go and draft Caleb Williams, because I mean, it's still a possibility they go May or they keep Fields, whatever they do. But if Caleb is who everyone kind of thinks he could be, you know, and he maybe has something similar to CJ Stroud, I'm not going to say exactly like that because that's like anomaly. It doesn't happen often. But say he's able to get some of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team should at least be fighting for a wild card they, they definitely, like they're god you should definitely have that hope right like if they take caleb and get him a, a center and a weapon it's like there's yeah and and waldron like he's you know maybe wasn't the best last year but um you know he's he turned you know like you he, he cooked with geno smith a little bit and the offensive line was really horrible for him last year there, there are some play calls that don't make sense but i think like he's gonna come in and and build it he's shown the capability to build a pretty Experience. effective drop back passing game right so i don't think that was a, a horrible hire or anything like he's gonna just absolutely suck unless uh, the players do for whatever reason but i don't know why they would so yeah i i would say like i am optimistic about the bears future like i i do think they're yeah. gonna take a quarterback at number one i think that that quarterback is gonna be a good player and then 
we'll see what they, they, they drafted pretty well last year. So I, I guess we'll see what they do this think, time uh, around. I, I think the way they've built it has been, you know, not the most efficient. They didn't make the best move every time, you know, definitely going into this in mid season, I was looking at the moves they had and it was like, man, this is really not going well. Right. Like the, you know, the Claypool move was bad. They didn't have any edge rushers. Like the defense was bad, but yeah, I, I mean, they started to lock in towards the end and I mean, they seem to be on a trend up and if they supercharge the offense this offseason, which they have the resources to do, like, I, again, I, I think maybe what would have made me even more, it would, would make me even more excited is maybe if they like moved on from Everflus and upgraded at head coach somehow, but I guess yeah. it's not the worst thing in the world, I guess, but uh, I don't know. So well, breaking news, Theo Ash a uh, loyal Packers fan thinks the Chicago Bears with Caleb Williams is taking the North and never giving it back. That's, <laughs> oh that's what you're God. saying. <laughs> that, that's be, what you're saying, right? It'll be us and everybody else. Um, it'll be us <laughs> and everybody else next year. Um, I will say the NFC North is kind of tough. It could be pretty like a gauntlet the next couple of years, depending on you know uh, what Minnesota does at quarterback. But I mean, Lions are going to still be good, probably. You know, a lot of talent yeah. there. The Packers. I mean, Jordan Love. For God's sakes, is pretty good too. So, could be a yeah. fun division. I mean, that's what I was kind of thinking. I was kind of thinking that last off season, where I was like, "Man, the NFC North is really on the up and up and up here." Like, mm -hmm. like the Vikings, I think would have been a lot better if Kirk was healthy for the whole year, and oh, then yeah. the Lions and Packers oh, yeah. were kind of what I expected, right? And then uh, the Bears weren't quite what I, you know, hoped it would be with with Fields and and their whole offense this season. But now they get a whole another shot at it. So, yeah, I think. Um, I think certainly the the Lions and and Packers are kind of already there, and then yeah, like why why can't the Bears join? I yeah. I don't see any reason except for j just they're the Bears, right? Like that's the, literally the only reason I can like. And maybe it'll be true. Maybe it'll be true. That's a that's a valid reason because that's what yeah. we think every no, day, every only, Sunday. The we only turn. thing that is like making me say like oh maybe not is just like it's it's Chicago, History. I guess. But um, yeah. you know what? Hey, I, the Lions did it. So the Lions people would always say the Lions would lie, and they and so did the Bills. Like when they got a athletic like Josh Allen, you know, freak with Josh Allen. Like they were a laughing stock before he hit right, and I guess the Chiefs weren't a laughing stock. But how long ago did they had the number one overall pick? You know, there there was a long mm -hmm. period in the 2010s where they were like not good. So I mean, it's possible to be a shitty franchise and then become a good one. It it has happened before. It all it takes is a even to the quarterback. And you know? even to the Packers, it happened at one one at one point, what, like 1974 or something. Yeah, like? it was a long yeah, it was a long time ago, but it did happen. It did happen. <laughs> I um, saw the stat. You guys haven't started a rookie quarterback since 1987. <laughs> <laughs> like we started one this year. Like what the yeah. what the fuck, bro? <laughs> that is so that's crazy. Uh, we'll get you out of here, Theo. I, I do want to. I've been holding on to this question. Um, it's in regards to Antonio Gates. I don't think you probably thought I would bring it up, but Devin Hester is a Hall of Famer. Um, you quote tweeted, and I actually do like Antonio Gates. You said Gates is better. Um, I want to know why. First of all, do you think Devin Hester is a Hall of Famer? Should he have been in? Or, he is what? a Hall of Famer. Look, there's nothing no, I, I can know, say about it now. True. He's in but there. Are you upset? Are you shocked? What are you? I'm your not shocked or or upset. Here's here's my thing on Devin Hester. Uh -huh. Tyree Kill was an amazing punt returner until he got too good at wide receiver and they took him off. Steve Smith was a rookie punt return or kick returner, all pro his rookie season, and then he broke out receiver. He, they took him off. And I feel like over the course of history, there's been a lot of cra crazy athletes who have been punt returners. And then when they really hit a wide receiver, like Antonio Brown, another one, amazing punt returner. So I feel like that position specifically doesn't have the same weight as tight end. 
where like if you're good enough at something else where you can make more impact, you'll be taken off the punt returner list. So when we're ranking all the greatest punt returners, like, I don't know. I, I just think that like Gates, his career was better than Hester's. I do. I, I don't think that I don't disagree with like Hester is the goat pun returner yeah. or, or anything like that. But uh, I do think Gates better. And I think his candidacy would, would have been who I voted for. And uh, I'm not. Yeah. I mean, it's on. I would have to be was, on some real control. Like, I, I agree. No, but it, I think Gates is really good. I, Gates it, is a, my, it is my take. Um, but it, like Hester is in the Hall of Fame and mm-hmm. I fall to my knees um, <laughs> crying like he he was he did have crazy gravity as a punt returner. He, he got paid, he got paid a pretty crazy amount of money to be a punt returner. So maybe he, it may have been the opposite with Gates. And again, I was pretty young. Like maybe he was so good at punt returning that they wouldn't put him on regular offense. Like another big, that could have been the case. Well, another big proponent was he played cornerback at Miami. uh, Yeah. Yeah. He kind of got came in as like corner. Yep, his first his rookie year, he played like a couple snaps as corner. wasn't like that great. He'd come in injuries, things like that, and then they didn't transition him. I don't think till year three. I think he played his first two years mm-hmm. on defense, and then they're like, "What do we get on offense? Like you're fast, you know what <laughs> I mean?" And so I mm-hmm. think there was a little bit of a if he would have came in as a wide receiver, maybe that's a different story. Not saying he would have been like a Tyreek or some of these greats. I'm not saying that at all, but I don't think like in bears fashion, we may have not set him up to like have Mm -hmm. a, a a great career outside of just returning the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it it is what it is. He's he's in there. I, I, I mean, I'm sure a a Chargers fan would, would argue like, (laughs) I don't know. Like there's no way, there's no way Gates. Yeah. Like how on earth could Gates who, made all these all pro teams and is like, I think he still has like 15 more touchdowns than Kelsey or something ridiculous. Damn. Which is pretty crazy. Like, I don't know. Gates Mm -hmm. Gates is one of the goaded tight ends. I, I I wanted to see, to see Gates in there. And I look at Hester and I'm like, he'll get it. There is He'll get it. All I have is this, the special teams tax that I have. And it'll be the same thing with Slater when his, when his thing comes up and the same thing with Tasker with the bills. Um, I, I just think there is a pretty heavy special teams uh, tax, yeah. but uh, that's that's, uh, that's my take on it. But um, it's, nah, it's I'm happened, just, and I don't. I, I just had to had to look, mess it's with fair, you like there, it's, but it's, it's a fair it's a fair question. It's a fair question. Yeah. I hope I hope Bears well, fans can uh, can respect my answer, but that's my uh, probably well, not we, do. we do we do. No, we do I yeah, we do <laughs> we yeah. do. But I'm just the letting first... you know <laughs> that yeah, yeah, they yeah. may not. So yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> as you well know, Theo, we uh, we appreciate hopping on, taking the time, man. Uh, first of all, I have your your Twitter on here. Uh, obviously, you're very prominent on, on TikTok as well. Um, you co-host Stay Hot podcast, really fun podcast. I enjoy you, Blade and Matt are great. Um, anything you kind of want to you guys are working on right now? You want to talk about or? Uh, not really. Just we got an episode season. coming out uh, that might that might interest some people uh, where we talk about the NFC North and what these teams need to do oh, yeah. to to rebuild this offseason and some of the top needs for all the NFC North teams. So if you want to check that out, we talk about the Bears. We don't really go into the Caleb debate because we've already talked about that a million times. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, some of their some Lucky of their other you. needs, how we think they could address it. It's, honestly, <laughs> things that we talked about kind of on this pod, like trade back for Jackson Powers Johnson or whatever. So. The Bears section yeah. is kind of redundant, but all the other all the other teams. So check out Stay Hot, um, and then check out my TikTok, Theo Ash NFL, where I'm doing draft reviews for 
Caleb, May, Daniels, any quarterback you want to see, and uh, hopefully all the other big names as well and some sleepers. So, yeah, that's all I got. Love it, man. Love it, dude. Well, hey, you have a great offseason. Enjoy it. Um, if you need anything, let us know. Appreciate you hopping on, dude. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Dave. Thank we you. really appreciate it. All right, thank you. Well, before we kind of close the show, close the pod, uh, we just want to thank everyone. First of all, thank Theo for hopping on once again. Um, and Vicky, your thoughts on, on Theo and, and kind of what he had to say about, I guess, everything quarterback situation. I mean, he, he's pretty spot on with the stuff. There's not anything mm -hmm. where I like super disagreed with, you know what I mean? I, I yeah, the, I think I'm just more sh shocked now that like Jordan love turned out to be as good as he is. And we're yet yeah. in the same conundrum of like, QB carousel, but, but again, I think I got, I got to say this because I know, I know Twitter and people are very much team this team that right now. Okay. Why we have a Dave, I, I think you'd agree. We've been kind of like more Caleb is the route that they are going to go right. Me and you don't make this decision is because of the opportunity that's, a, a, that's handed to him. They have the number one pick, right? And they have a very, very touted prospect, which they can now take at quarterback. The Bears have never been in that position before. The last time the Bears had, well, they had an opportunity to get the number one quarterback, which is Mitch, but he was not touted in the way that people tout, if that's the right word. Like he was not viewed in the same light that Caleb is viewed as a prospect. You go all the way back to Rex Grossman. I think that was 2002, 2001. They got the first quarterback, pick number two, but I don't think Rex Grossman was put in the same light, right? He wasn't put in that same stratosphere as Caleb Williams. So because of that, I like I, I told a friend this. This is the analogy I used. I was like, I'm, we are trying to get you ready for what's about to come, in my opinion, right? Uh, and, and so like, imagine your best friend, right. is trying to get with someone, right. Let's say it's a girl that he likes, right. We've probably all been in this situation and you start to see signs like, yo, the girl doesn't really talk to you. She waits forever to text back. She's not, you, you know, you're like, you're like, Hmm, you see that from a side, you go to your boy and you're like, Hey, look, I don't, I don't think she's into you. You know what I mean? Like you might want to think about some other options. Like don't, yeah. don't waste your time because you're going to get heartbroken because you're going to keep pouring into this person and in the end they're gonna be like yeah no i wasn't feeling you deuces right i think okay. that's kind of where we're at now and i'm just like hey ian yeah. rapport adam schefter right Major even brad biggs recently he's always been plugged in and normally he's pretty connected right he even said today mm. he's not even worried about well, even even you take Brad Biggs out, right? Ian Rappaport mm -hmm. and Adam Schefter are the most yeah. talented out of anyone, right? They are say it's leaning towards drafting Caleb. They said that. I didn't say that. Mm -hmm. You didn't say that. So I'm taking that information. And then obviously you have a bunch of other people also kind of agreeing. But like the top two, dog, two dogs are saying that. So it only makes sense for me to be like, okay, if it happens, I'm now prepared Instead of being like doubling down on fields and be like, no, I want him. He's going to be here. And then I, my heart gets shattered on draft day, you know, or whenever the, the trade happens, you know what I mean? So we obviously mean you want this team to win. Like we love fields. If fields is the dude and he ascends, like he has been ascending and he becomes that guy and we get hall 2.0, we're here for it. Like we're here for it. 
But if we draft Caleb Williams and Caleb Williams is the guy and he wins us more games than this franchise has ever seen, I'm not ever thinking about Justin Fields and what he's doing because I have the quarterback who wears the navy and orange who's going to be throwing the ball for my team. So I just had to like put that out there. That's just are you, but I want to ask you this yes or no. Are you, do you want Caleb Williams or do you want Justin Fields? Mm, It yes, no, yes yes or no. No, no there's nuance because it the nuance no, is yeah. depending on the pit on the what uh-huh. we get for the hall, right? Because if the hall is like you can't just imagine it's it's great, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be at least mm. DJ Mo- it's gonna be at least what they got last year, if not a little bit more. Or if you could if you could give me three mm-hmm. first, three first at least. That's the starting point. That's I'll easy, go fields. Yeah. You give me three okay. first. So I guess it depends first, on where you're going from though. Right, right. Of course. I'm thinking like I'm thinking like you wouldn't know where they're going to be in the following years. Mm-hmm. Cause obviously that depends on future uh, projection, but you give me three first on like a player, right? Three first to starting ground. And they say, and they decide to stay. I'm cool with that. We'll have to pay fields. That's fine. But at least we hedged the risk of fields, right? Not being a top 10. He could be, but there's a risk there with mm-hmm. a shitload of picks. If we don't get that reset, the quarterback market draft, Caleb Williams, is there a risk there? Yes. There's a risk on either situation. If right. Fields was the guy, we wouldn't even be having this discussion. Or if we didn't have the number one overall pick, we would just stick with Fields. But we do have the number one overall pick with a really good quarterback. If we had, like, we saw literally what we had when we had the number one pick last year, they did not view those prospects, and most people didn't. CJ Stroud had a great year, right? But most people didn't view any of those prospect quarterback prospects in the same light. As Caleb, people were talking about Caleb Williams in the draft last year. Does it mean he's going to be the the greatest thing to ever touch grass? No, we have no idea. But you can see why the GM would make that decision where you're you're drafting someone who's in the same light as Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning. Obviously, he has to play. He has to play for this franchise, which is tough to do. Right? It's hard to do as a quarterback, but. I, I just I I just say this all because it's not there's so much team Caleb team fields oh yeah fit, but you but you the reason I'm asked is because I feel like your Twitter has shifted um to to Caleb get ready. Williams get ready because yeah. it's it's and I, in my opinion it's it's coming that's how I feel yeah it's, reading the tea leaves coming. yeah you're you're right yeah no yeah, I agree yeah. with you I just think it's interesting um on. No, it's not interesting because it's kind of exhausting. But there was a there was a comment here. I don't know if I think it was Josh. It was on Twitter, Jack. But um, it was about the what about two firsts and a and a solid player, and that proposal. I think that's more so. Yeah, Ryan Peters on Twitter. I think it's more so if they trade maybe with Washington or yeah, like New England, and yeah, even true. then, I I would be okay with it. It's just you better hope you you better hope Caleb Williams isn't gonna be a superstar or even drake may and we've gone through ryan poles is probably thinking but i would not be upset either way i think like i said we've talked about each way there's a route um in regards to where they can be successful um but enough about i think caleb williams and, and justin fields because there was a very interesting interview today on it was on the 33rd team it was the saint brown brothers podcast um i watched it um Got a lot, took a lot of notes from it. Obviously, um, going to have some a really fun article on sportsmocker.com about it. Just some some fun takeaways from it. But before we hop into it, I guess Vicky, um, if you guys are enjoying this content, if you enjoyed Theo hopping on, or you're new here, 
Um, we we uh, new episodes every week. Um, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. So if you enjoyed it, hit the thumbs button. Uh, really does help uh, grow the pod. It's a good way to support her. It's free too. Um, we appreciate it. Um, of course, you can follow Ficky on all socials at it's Ficky Baby. Myself at Dave underscore BFR. Um, and we are going to be having, like I said, episode every week, at least during the off season, typically during the season, we're at least two times a week. Um, but again, we appreciate all the support. We're almost the fourth. We're getting close to 4,000 subs. So if you guys go ahead and hit that sub button, if you want to stick around on YouTube, um, Apple, Spotify listeners, which is that's growing too, which we're excited about. But if you're, if you want to check out the YouTube, um, or if you don't want to watch, if you just go sub, like I said, it helps support the channel, um, and helps growth. And of course, tell a friend. So, uh, but before we hop into, I guess now we can hop into the the St. Brown. Oh, no, one more thing. Yeah. One more thing. If you're if you're new here, go ahead and give a hashtag new face gang in the chats. We'll give you a shout out before the end of the show. Uh, that's hashtag new face gang. And then uh, we'll also thank you for being here if it's your first time. Really appreciate it. And then if you've been here multiple times, you're a true OG. Go ahead and give a hashtag OG in the comments and we'll give you a shout out at the end of the show as well. I know I see a bunch of you in there. I see like MC fact in there right now. So I know a lot of you in there helping the conversations going in the chat, which we really do appreciate. And again, we just thank you so much for all the support and a little teaser. When we get closer to draft time, we do have some big, big, big news coming we've been working on some stuff on the background i'm not gonna give anything away just yet but a, like a lot of big things that's gonna bring value to you guys i think you're really gonna enjoy it. it's gonna be some exclusive special stuff and so just get ready for the draft because it's gonna be an exciting time not only for the bears but i think for the bfr podcast and you guys as well so really appreciate your support so far no Absolutely. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited about free agency. Free agency is about a couple weeks away. I yep. know the combines next week. So we're finally going to have some fun stuff to talk about. Uh, but again, the 33rd team uh, have the St. Brown Brothers podcast. Uh, really fun podcast. They have a lot of unique guests. Of course, they, they have uh, EQ, uh, Bears player. He has had a bunch of – he had DJ Moore on a couple weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. And of yep. course, today landed the big fish, our guy. QB1 for now, Justin Fields. And it was it was electric, man. First of all, before we get into kind of some quotes here, um, I guess I'll start on, on kind of – actually, I'll let you go, Ficky. First of all, what are your thoughts? I'm sure you watched the entire interview. Yeah, of course. Thoughts on it, man? I think it's – we got to see a side of Justin that I don't think we've ever seen before, right? And it's not to think that we didn't think there was this side of Justin. Like, I've Justin's a human, just like all of us. I'm sure he's way more laid back, chill, things like that. And I think we actually Breaking got news. Justin's a human. Oh, shit. <laughs> don't do that to me. I thought we just shipped him. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Breaking news, everyone. Justin Fields is also a human, even though his running ability is maybe not. Super. That's out of this world. But yeah, yeah, I think it was just good to kind of see him like, like, I think this is the most loose we've seen him, like relaxed, like the shit talking he was doing as well, like talking about situations. That how was so funny. Refs. Yeah. I think it was just good to kind of see that this is a human being, right? And it's not just like the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. As a man who's a little bit older, I appreciate that because I know like he's in a, he's a young guy mm -hmm. in a very tough situation. I get he's getting paid good money, right? But it still doesn't mean that he's not dealing with a lot of the, you know, the, the toxicity or like the talks or like, you know, a lot of pressure and stuff about that. So it was good to see him come on here, be positive, also be kind of vulnerable and talk about like, which we'll talk about some stuff regarding his future and stuff like that. So overall, mm -hmm. I thoroughly, 
enjoyed it. And it and it just made me, we already liked Justin, right? We've really loved him as a person. It just made me enjoy him even more. Like I, I've always been a JF1 guy, but this was like, yo, this is this is great. I wish I would have saw more of this, but unfortunately, you didn't get that because he was on such bad teams that it's like he never I felt like he didn't really get those opportunities to like let his personality go out because he's always like at the podium dealing with oh how'd you guys lose oh why would your offense suck year after year after year so I I thoroughly enjoyed it but what about you Dave no I think you hit the nail on the on the head there that he looked like a different quarterback or different a different quarterback he just looked different he he spoke differently more energetic almost like he just didn't give a fuck on a lot of things and he was like hey I'm I he kind of just letting it all out. And, it, and like I saw a comment there, very relaxed. Absolutely agree with that. And it was um, honestly, there was parts where I was laughing, man. Like it, it was so funny, the trash talking, him bringing up, you know, his rookie season, Monday night football. How yeah. He was like, hey, you know, can I get fined here? You know, like joking with them. But then he was like, no, fuck it. Like the refs screwed us. They cheated the, us out. Um, he talked about, you know, the hip check with the refs, throwing the flag and how the, the Bears essentially got screwed there. But the fact that he's talking about these things and, and not afraid to really just not give the cliche or media friendly answers that we are always accustomed to on like, um, you know, press conferences and everything like that. It was nice. And, and the Bears on the on the flip side, it was kind of a little sad because like, man, we really sucked a lot of life out of it. Not us in, in yes. particular, but just the bears as a franchise and, and what they put him through from, you know, we, uh, when they drafted him, you know, with Matt Nagy and company, and I'm not going to go ahead and go through the entire history. Most bears fans know what he came into year two, the rebuild and blah, blah, blah. But the fact that he even followed that up with, I'm going to bring it up here is one of my favorite quotes from this entire interview it was very, it was, I think a couple minutes into it talking about, Hey, which first of all, the St. Brown brothers, Amara St. Brown, uh, yeah. Lions Monra, and then yeah, and then means, yeah. I, I don't know if this is a hot take or you know cold take. I like dude. He's hilarious. I know he's no Monra is amazing on the fo- amazing on the football field. Like a great receiver. I would take him on the Bears any day. I love his fire. But as just a human being and just like a podcaster in general, like he's funny as hell. Like no, very very funny hilarious. dude. But yeah. one of my favorite quotes was about. On if and it was um, about him if he wants to stay in Chicago, right? And he said, "Yeah, of course I want to stay. I can't see myself playing another place. If it was up to me, I would want to stay in Chicago." And for me, it's like, oh, you know, what else is supposed to say? No, he does not have to fucking say that. Like, he does not have to say that. Um, he can say, you know, business side, blah blah blah. But for me, I just thought it was refreshing. And then you know, followed it up with. Um, when they were talking about the Bears QB decision and, and how it's kind of taxing. And we, we understood like, you know, he did unfollow him on uh, unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. But he goes, you know, I just want it to be over. And this is about Caleb Williams and everything like that. Let me know if I'm being traded. Let me know if I'm staying. So he's just kind of fed up. So we everything we're kind of oh, feeling, he's kind of getting at a whole what you would understand, but you don't really think yeah. about it. It's like, no, this guy is 24 years old and he's like, he has no idea what his employer is going to be next year. He has no idea. Uh, all he hears is Caleb Williams. He said it himself. So for me, I think just overall, it was so fun. And if this is the last interview, because I think it's the last, this is the first public appearance he's had since yeah. the end of the season, right? And yeah. it was cool to see him in a relaxed setting with a couple buddies. I know he friends with St. Brown, but we got Tyler Scott's stories, you know, um, yeah. 
It, it was just fun. It was cool. The Bayless dumbass comment was hilarious too. Bayless <laughs> catching strays, man. It was catching strays. Yeah. It, it, it was, yeah. It was, it was great to see that. Cause again, I think you just felt like, Oh, this is a human. It's very relatable. Mm -hmm. I think he, you know, joked around, but like also gave like his real situation and what he's dealing with. So this, this is, yeah. My opinion, I know you asked Theo this about, you know, when the trade's going to happen. And he said, you know, he wasn't really sure on a date. The The DJ Moore trade last year happened March 11th, okay, of last year. The new league year, yep, starts March 13th, I think, this year, right? And we talked about it on the last pod how a lot of these teams have to make a decision by like, you know, around the beginning of the new league year, because they need to figure out who's going to be their quarterback. They don't want to, they want to get their first opportunity to get the guy that they want. Right. They can't be one of the ones that's, you know, waiting around by draft time. Like, Oh, what are we going to do? You know what I mean? Unless you're, you know, Washington who has a top pick or like one of those top teams, but like, for example, Pittsburgh, right. They can't wait till the draft and be like, Hey, what are we going to do here? Right. Cause it's, it's, they can, but it's much more of a risk because you don't know if a trade's going to happen or not. I say all of that to say, I believe, and I could be easily wrong, right? I believe that the trade, if there is one, right, is going to happen around that time. Think about that week of when the new league year starts. So combine ends, I think it's like a week after the new league year starts, right around there. If we make it, I'd say two to three weeks past that. So let's say that the trade happened March 11th, let's say around there, March 13th, right? If we get to the end of March, like right before April, and there's still not a trade, you know, maybe the meter starts to go fields. You know what I mean? Maybe it's like, hey, look, they might be sticking with this cat. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. They could trade on draft day. But I would start to be like, hmm, that's interesting because if you were going to trade Caleb, you would have probably, it, it would have been in your best interest, not trade Caleb, trade fields. It had been in your best interest to do it a little bit earlier because the value of fields would be higher because teams are really, you know, needy to get that quarterback. So I think we're not going to have to wait and fields himself. Like he said, he wants us to be over. I don't think we're going to have to wait as long as what people expect. We might see something pretty soon. And by pretty soon, what was that? Two weeks, two, three weeks. So no, I think, yeah, he will be, if they trade him, it'll be, Probably mid March. I don't think it's, he's not making. If he's if they are trading him, he will be gone by April. I don't. There's no way they're yeah. gonna wait till the draft. There's just it's, it's not possible. I don't think it's. Yeah, they're gonna want to move. Like I said, I think during the combine, there's gonna be you're gonna get one or two ways. One, the Bears are really confused. They don't know. They really like Justin. And if that's the case, then maybe, like you said, maybe they really could wait this thing out. And, and but they're going to get to meet Caleb too. So for me, after the combine, you get that storyline. Okay, that's interesting. However, what I think is going to happen, I had a great talks with Caleb Williams. The Bears are moving, are going to be looking to move on from Justin Fields. They're and then the, then we'll get teams. Okay, they you know the uh, Atlanta and Ryan Poles. You know those GMs. They talked had a really good discussion. You know something to monitor, and then we keep getting those updates. So. Who knows? I think it's going to be interesting, but all, all in all, this is a really cool Justin Fields that we got to see. Absolutely. If everyone, I think everyone should check it out um, on St. Brown podcast on YouTube. Um, they did a good job. They marketed it well. The guys were funny. Such a hilarious, it was like I said, just a really fun combo. Uh, some serious topics, but a lot of it was just fun. Um, so highly suggest you guys check it out. 
Uh, we've been going here for about an hour and a half, so we appreciate it. We'll be back next week, of course. Um, and then again, of course, the pod is presented by Sports Market. You check out all my work over there. All good sports, Chicago sports content on there. And then, of course, we have um, Ficky, all socials. It's Ficky, baby. He has a, some really mm. fun, interesting um, Bears content <laughs> as well. Uh, and yeah, I don't uh, know shout out to Jack, the producer. Huh? Yeah, shout out to Jack as well. Sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. cut off the shout out to Jack, but thank you, Jack. But yeah, I don't know if the people are too happy <laughs> with me on, on Twitter right now. The, the, I love it, dude. I, I so here's the thing. I've been there, man. If, look at my Twitter. Do I do I ever like really talk about Caleb or Justin? I don't really do it, man. It's too toxic for me, man. You, I see you, and I'm like, oh, I see like I'm eight a newbie, comments man. I'm a newbie. In like I'm minutes. in there just like, <laughs> yeah. dude. No, I, I encourage it. I just don't have the energy, man. I don't. It's just almost too. It's just draining, you know. Um, you know what? I will say this: there was three people today that like had said like, oh, you've gone this way. You, you know, you've you 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 hate fields now. And I just left a comment saying, hey, look, you know, I like both options. You know, whatever way mm-hmm. works. I just want this team to win. And they're like, yeah, that's a great point. So I really feel like people. That's what they want, but I think we're just so like we kind of feel like we have to choose a side, unfortunately. Uh, and that's just where we're at. But we will know soon enough, everyone. I feel like at least we're only two months away, right? So we can push through it. Uh, I do love all the you know the engagement, the 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 back and forth, the conversation. Obviously, that's yeah. why I post the stuff. We love to build a community over there. So we appreciate everyone who follows us and whatnot. We do have a super chat that came in from our boy Tito, two dollars. Uh, we're Bears fan. We love QB drama. Hopes it hopes it works out. You know, this is a great question, Dave. This is probably the biggest QB drama we've ever dealt no. with, right? What no. was bigger? Oh, no, um, no. In, in, in Bears history, what would be bigger? Oh, I mean, you had the Mitch Trubisky era where it was like Foles for a little bit. That was pretty big. But then you got Cutler, um, yeah, McCown. You got yeah. Orton, Rex Cross. Honestly, the Bears oh, are just – Orton, Rex was good. Orton, dude, Rex there's just so good. many fucking QB drama, like, because we just never had a a guy that was 100%, you know. Um, but shout-out to Jake. I, I, I hate, you know, talking bad on him. He, he was a fun quarterback. But, no, shout-out to Tito. I appreciate the $2, man. I uh, appreciate all the love on the pod, of course. And shout-out to Jerome um, for the congrats. I appreciate it, man. Um, but, yeah, man, it's – I'm ready. I'm ready for free agency. I'll tell you that much. Because we still have to do our oh, free yeah. agency pod. We've been pushing it back, pushing it back. It's fine. Um, we'll, we'll do it when we get a little bit closer. But yeah, list. the free agency should be set because we got some – I mean, we got money. The Bears are in right? So minus the QB drama, at least the Bears are set up to be successful in whatever route they go because they have draft picks. They have free agency. You know what I mean? They have mm-hmm. a good what, third in cat space after the release of Cody Whitehair and uh and yep. uh eddie jackson so the future's looking bright you know what i mean so i'm excited i'm excited better. through all this i'm still better excited be. hey look oh, yeah a packers fan said he was scared of our future so that gives me a little bit of hope when when have you ever well that's if they take caleb packers williams well, well that might happen so we'll see what happens it's very likely <laughs> but again shout out to you guys we appreciate the love shout out to theo again check him out on twitter his his podcast mm-hmm. of course stay hot podcast Um, And we'll be back next week, likely looking at another Wednesday show, um, but we'll see. And of course, um, you guys have a great week and try not to argue too much on Twitter. (laughs) That's my advice. See you guys.